Welcome to the Connection Club podcast. I am Katie Wren. I am a wife, a mom to a beautiful baby girl, bonus mom to a beautiful teenage daughter, and successful business owner. I am so excited to connect with you. Sometimes we need to disconnect from the world to reconnect with ourselves. So I am super grateful to be on this journey with you so we can connect together as a community. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to the Connection Club podcast. I am here today connecting with this beautiful human being, Jennifer Smith, or we call her Jen Jen Smith in our house. She is a phenomenal business owner. She's run a business here locally in Sarasota for 12 years. And I've had the privilege of knowing her over the last couple of years since moving here. And she was kind of one of the first people I got to connect with in Sarasota. So naturally, we um, kind of did the same hairdo today as well. We've both got this like fun beach bun on the top of our heads and we totally look like beach vibes right now. So we're, uh, we're always vibing on the same page, which is always really cool. And um, just being around Jen, her energy and her spirit is very, very contagious. And I've learned a lot from this person and she probably doesn't know this, but seeing her as a businesswoman and a, a mom to a beautiful baby boy, but now who's a little bit bigger now as he's walking through the house, he's just been in the pool and he's um, eight years old. I'm really excited to talk about their connection later on in our episode. But welcome, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. you. I'm very excited. (laughs) I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Just really tell us a little bit about, let's connect back a little bit and find out really where Jen is from. What is her story? And you can go back to your childhood or a defining moment as your teenage years or even as an adult. Like, who is Jen Smith? Like, we're all dying to know. So that is, I love being asked this question because it does give me the opportunity to take myself back to where I came from. And my mom and I were just talking about this not too long ago, about how important your foundation is in life. We had some time to explore that. So where am I from? I am from a small town just near Tallahassee in upstate in North Florida. And so I am Florida, born and raised. There are not many of us around here anymore. So Florida, born and raised, I have some very Southern roots And I am very, very proud of those roots. I also call it the country. I had the ability and I had the privilege to be able to grow up in an area where it was yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, ma'am, and you hold the door and you respect your elders. And I mean, I think that's in a lot of places other than just the town that I grew up in. But um, I had parents and grandparents that we cooked at home and we had Sunday dinner and we had Sunday church and you know, it wasn't an option to miss those events at all. Family always came first. Awesome. So I really want to dive into that a little bit more. How important are those foundation of simply holding a door open or connecting with the family around the dinner table in the evening or going to Sunday church? Like how important is that for you and how is important that for your family and what foundations that created and, and how special were those moments to you? Those are the moments that I never forget, and they're the ones that have really taken me through my life as an adult because I value those tremendously, and I also blanket those through my son's life and my other kids, my stepchildren, 
something as simple as holding a door for somebody, it speaks volumes about your own character. It lets that person know that you value them as a human being. And with so many things that are happening now in the world where we get lost and we get disconnected, just a very small act of holding a door and acknowledging somebody, you know, I got this. Let me help you today. It's, it speaks volumes to people. It speaks volumes to me when it happens. We have dinner at the table. It's a time to connect to our family. It's a time to connect to what we did in the daytime. It's a, a time to understand the struggles and the the celebrations that we are all having throughout the day with the kids at school and what they did and what we did as an individual. So those those things are very important and I think it's even more important now with so much going on with social media, with all of these different awarenesses and all these different things that we have limitless information at our fingertips and we get run down, we get beat up with all of that negativity. But sitting down at a meal with your family, even if it's just one person and having that interaction and being connected with, with one another, even if it's only for 30 minutes, and then all of a sudden the chaos starts again. That 30 minutes is cherished, and it's it makes my heart happy. It makes my son's heart happy and my other kids. And even though they fought it, and they still fight it for a little bit, I'm ready to go. It's important to us. It's important to us as a family. And then from there, the values keep growing. They keep growing onto each child. And each child takes a little bit of those pieces into their own life. We have older kids now who have left the home and I get reminded all the time, you know, that that was really important to them. It only took 23 years for them to, you know, for one, my oldest son, particularly stepson to remind us that, Hey, you know, that was really cool that, that you did that. That's really awesome that you sat us down and spent the time out of your life with us. So on a child level, that's, that's really important. I really believe how that's shown up in your life now is all because of those foundations really. And you can clearly see in how the way you show up as a mom, how the way you show up in your business, you know, when I visit your business, which we're going to talk about in a minute, you see that not only through you, but the energy of the room and through the energy of your staff too, like you can see those values shine through and it's clearly helped shape you into the person you are today. So that's really, really cool. And I certainly can vouch for that being around the the table with my family having dinner is probably one of the most pinnacle things I remember growing up as a child. And even when I visit home now, you know, the first thing I want to do is sit around that table and have family dinner and and talk and share. And, you know, even sometimes we wouldn't talk at all, but just being around there together every single night through all, all the times that I've even stayed at home lived at home, we still do it to this day. And and I I believe now integrating that into the everyday life, the modern life and the busy life now is somewhat a lot harder as, you know, parents become very, very much more busier. And, you know, there's a hundred million things to do and one parent eats, you know, at a different time and the other parent eats a different time. And I think if we can learn from, if, for one thing to learn from this podcast already is to just sit down with family and have dinner and connect because that is the most important thing you could give to your family. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing, Jan. I'm, I'm so thrilled that you we've started off this way already. So tell us about your business. Um, like I said, I visited there a number of times. I just love it. It's 
Hollister way, if I was looking for a, a place to work, I think that would be one of my top places I would go to and be like, Jen, I would love to come and work for you. I mean, the it's just incredible. So tell us more about it. What got you started in that industry? And yeah, just give us a taste of, of what Jen's business is about. I don't want to say the name or anything just yet. I want you to tell us what it's all about and the vibe of it and um, what, what gave you that creativity to get it started. So I would have to go back then to the beginning and back to the family root system because what did we do? We didn't go, we didn't go out to eat every day. We didn't go out to eat at all. Actually, we cooked at home all the time. And so that I learned to cook. I learned to make foundational things like pancakes and biscuits and I mean, just gravies, otherwise known as roux. Can we just pause there for a second? Because a lot of my listeners are from the UK. Now, guys, I have to clarify something for you over there. Biscuits is the same thing as a scone. scone. So. I was going to say that, actually. <laughs> it popped into my head to say that. It's so funny. I Yes, a scone. So when Similar. It's very... No, it's the same. It's similar. It's the same. It's similar. It's really the same. <laughs> I think we're going to have to have a bake-off. Let's do it. Challenge accepted. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's, let's do that. We could have a whole flipping podcast on baking scones or biscuits. I mean, they have biscuits with gravy over here and it really confuses me. My, and if my brother's listened to this one time, he flew over from the States and sent me a picture of he'd gone to um, Popeye's and got fried chicken and, you know, he was like, yeah, I'll have a biscuit with it. Like, you know, thinking it's a, an actual English biscuit mm-hmm. or a cookie, as you guys call them here. And he sent me a picture. He was like, WTF yeah. is that? I was like, it's a, it's a biscuit. He was like, no, this is a scone. I was like, no, it's a biscuit. Why would they serve a scone with a fried chicken? Anyway, it was hilarious. But um, <laughs> we could have a whole podcast around scones and biscuits. But mm-hmm. so yeah, making scones and, and gravy is probably one of the people thinking in the UK, what the actual hell, why would you eat that those two things together? Because you'd have it with jam and cream and, and tea. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, that's certainly a business that me and Jen have been talking about. Clotted is, cream. Is oh a, my I know, right? Having a English tea shop here in Sarasota, I think it would be wildly successful. But hey, again, that's for another time. But yes. tell us more about okay. your, your home <laughs> cooking. It's certainly got me salvating yes. right now. So home cooking, everything. Home cooking with everything that cakes and pies and brownies and everything. So anyway, fast forward into moving from Tallahassee to Siesta Key. And I found a business. I found a building that I absolutely loved. It's right on Ocean Boulevard, which is where I'm at. Palm trees everywhere, a block from the ocean. There's always a salty ocean breeze, the Gulf of Mexico, which is where I grew up. I have, I have surfed and walked on just about every single beach in the state of Florida. When I laid eyes on this village and this community, I knew that this is where I was going to open this business. And I had always wanted to have a coffee shop. I'd always wanted to own a coffee shop. I had worked in coffee shops throughout my college career. And when I came here and found the building, I knew that that particular building was going to be the space. And it just so happens to be an old, uh, like I think it's a 1940s uh, historical building, which was even better because it gave it character and it gave it feeling. And I could feel the energy from all the people that were there prior to me. So it was just really special. 
And then it just, I decided that I was going to get a job at the place next door so that I could find out who owned the building and the space and get to know the area. And I resigned from my position in Tallahassee and I moved down here. Here we are. So the vibe was always what I had in me. It was going to be those Southern, uh, very warm and comforting roots mixed in with all of my love for the ocean. So it was a little bit of country meets a little bit of ocean, which is exactly what's inside of my body. It's a Southern beach girl, I guess. <laughs> and my love and passion for good food, my love and passion for great ingredients, and my love and passion for, of course, coffee. Of course, I do have a tiny love and passion for whiskey <laughs> and other spirits. So there it, I created it. I wanted everything underneath one roof because sometimes people like to have a little whiskey in their coffee or they like to have a little Bailey's or Kahlua and why not do it all under one roof with some great ingredients, some great pastries. There it began. And I incorporated things inside of the space from traveling, uh, from different places that I had been diving, from different places that I had been surfing, different surfboards, different art. I made it my mission to connect with people locally. And I was really important to me to make it a local spot. I didn't start off out of the gate like that because a lot of the people actually that I use right now weren't even in business then. They became my baker who I love dearly. She became a baker five, six years ago. So I'm in my, in my 12th year now. So a lot of the people and places that I have now that I consult with and work with weren't in business then, but it was my mission and my goal to be local and serve local and serve good, clean food, great coffee. Organic is very important to me. Knowing the farmers where my coffee comes from is very important to me. My roaster is local. And now 12 years later, everything is local. The business is actually called Lelu Coffee Lounge and Everything you described is perfectly how it is and it's just such a cool vibe and probably the one of my favorite things in your coffee lounge is the little old school TV that's in there and what is hooked up to it is a Nintendo 64 and I about fell to my knees and prayed to God. I was like, thank you. God for this moment. And um, I might have had a little play or two um, on that and tried to kick people's butts, but I am pretty good on it. So I think one day we'll have to have a coffee and, and, you know, fight over biscuits and scones and, <laughs> and, and play on the Nintendo 64 and uh, see if we can beat each other. But that's my, probably one of my favorite things because obviously you grew up with that console. I know a lot of people in our generation did as well. And um, yeah, I love it there. It's, it's amazing. Tell me really what it takes to run a business and juggle a family, all with it being super successful. Like, tell me how, how you've actually done it. Because it's not easy, but it's very, very doable. And I think a lot of listeners will be very interested to learn how, how you do it all. I mean, especially as two successful women sat in this room right now, it's like, oh, it's all right for you guys, you know, da, da, da. And I'm like, no, we've, we've had our fair share of blood, sweat and tears. And I know a lot of people be eager to learn how you've run a successful business and a successful family at the same time. That is a million dollar question. <laughs> in the beginning, it was setting my intention for sure. It was knowing that this is what I wanted to do. And I was going to be successful at it. I knew that I wanted to do it. I could feel it in my bones and I just made it happen. 
I did everything. I laid one brick knowing that there was going to be another brick and I might not have had that next brick exactly into place, but I took all the time and the effort to make certain that the next brick just got laid. And then all of a sudden I had this beautiful foundation and then I had a name and then I had everything going. So for me, I guess it's perseverance and it's making, it's knowing that this is what I wanted to do and I had the opportunity to do it. When given the opportunity, it's it's just as easy as walking through the door and taking it. And so I took it and I did not have, my son came about five years into three or four years into owning the business. And those first few years were horrible. I mean, they were great, but they were horrible because I was exhausted. I was scared. I was tired. I worked 17 hour days and I painted the building you know, I did all of the things. I mean, I naturally had help of my husband at the time, and we did those things together. And I think it's per- it's perseverance, and either either having it in you that you're going to succeed, or having it in you that you're going to fail. And whichever one you have in you, and you believe the most, is the one that's going to happen. And so, in me, I knew that I wanted it, and I wanted it bad enough that I was willing to put all of the effort into it that it took. Because I did not get to where I am by thinking and just hoping that something was going to happen the next day. I was the opener. I was the closer. I was the barista. I was the cook. I was the plumber. I was the bouncer. I was the bartender. And I put in the grit daily that it took. I put in the work and the effort that it took. When I finally got a little bit of money where I could bring somebody on, I brought somebody on so that I didn't have to go in at six o'clock in the morning and I could go in at maybe eight o'clock. I could have that one extra hour to sleep. But I did that and I, and I laid the foundation for it and I just knew that I was going to succeed and there wasn't an option. There was no option to fail. I did not give myself an out. I drove myself to that island and I burned that boat. It does take a very strong decision. And I remember that moment that I was kind of in that place of going, okay, I'm all in. I'm either going to succeed at this and I'm going to fail. And it's like you said, whatever story you tell yourself is what's going to happen. If you tell yourself a story over and over enough, it's going to come true. So I, I totally relate to that. And it's, I think you have that defining moment where you just go all in. And you make it happen. And there's no other question. There's no other alternative. Like anything in a business or relationship or in a friendship, you either go all in and make it happen or you don't at all. And that's where the suffering and pain comes from because you haven't put all, your all into it. So I, I definitely, that resonates a moment in, in my business where I made that really clear, strong decision and there was no other option. You get emotional behind it. You get strong behind it and you go all in and, and eliminate of any other opportunities. So that's that's just amazing to hear that. As we will be speaking to more successful people over the course of this series, you'll start to put the the dots together on what it takes to be successful. And one of them is taking going to the island, burning that boat and having no other option. So that is is beautiful. So what has been the really the biggest struggle when it comes to running your business? And we all have them. They're always there. I think um, certainly with, with my business and what I tend to find the biggest struggle is when people aren't consistent or even when I'm not consistent, that's when I struggle in business. 
overall. And I know there's going to be other elements for you and your business, but tell us what has been the biggest struggle for you running that, that coffee lounge or even in your other businesses too. What is, what is the, the struggle with the coffee lounge? And then what is the, the other struggles that you've tend to found with business in general? I think the biggest, well, the biggest struggle with, with Lilu is the business itself would just be making certain that everything is consistent constantly. So with the food, and it's so funny because I'm going to say this, but this completely resonates with any other business. And, but I'm just going to say it. So with food and beverage, you have to show up. But how funny is that? Because it's actually not just food and beverage. With any business, you have to show up. You have to show up. You have to do the things that you have to do on a daily basis until you have other people in those positions that can overtake and delegate. So for me, it really wasn't until about year nine or 10 that I was even able to bring somebody else in to really take that over. But the biggest struggle is probably um, just consistency and showing up because some days I wake up and I would go, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to go in at nine o'clock in the morning. But I knew that if I didn't go in at nine o'clock in the morning, I could count 50 things that were going to go wrong. And as I look back on that, I always kind of apply that to my life now that if I don't, if I don't get up and show up, what's going to go wrong today? And then just also making certain that, that everybody was, you know, you can't please everybody. But as long as I did the things that made me feel good and as long as I did the things that I knew fulfilled my heart and made me able to lay my head down at night and sleep in the business world, just did all of the things that really filled me up in a daytime and and payroll and paying bills and all of those adult things that you have to do. But mostly it was showing up, being consistent, making certain that everybody was on the same page. And that is a struggle but it's a struggle with any business and it's a struggle in our life, you know, and also being, being kind of a woman in that industry also is people were never really looking for a woman to own and operate that business. You know, granted my husband was there with me um, and certainly was part of that entire property. I mean, it, that's where it started was with him, but they were always looking for, Oh, they certainly weren't looking for somebody like me. But every time they saw me and I went, you know, what can I do and how can I help you today? It was always about making certain that somebody was as fulfilled as I was being in those four walls. And that that was a struggle because then I was dealing with, uh, do I please everybody today Mm -hmm. or do I ultimately just please myself? But by pleasing myself, it was making certain that all things were running as they should. So consistency and showing up hands down was have been the biggest challenges and and employees and making certain that the employees are there and doing what they're supposed to be doing and make sure that they're fulfilled and they're happy and they have all of the policies and procedures so that the product can be consistent. It all ties back to consistency with anything in life really, isn't it? And um, that's just a, a gentle reminder to everybody today is to really think about where in your life are you not showing consistency? I think that's a beautiful lesson in today in learning that. There's probably just a, a another kind of side question to that question, but it's how important do you think it is to add value to the workplace or to your customers or you know the business in general? How important is it that we make that a priority? 
adding value to somebody's life, even if it's just as simple as, you know, offering to carry their things out of the shop on a morning, or if it's just simply putting, you know, with coffee, everybody can relate. If anybody, you know, the people that the listeners that drink coffee, you can relate that warm mug versus a paper cup. How, how often do we get paper cups in our life? You know, to go, to go, to go, to go, sit down. Let me put it in a mug for you. But even that little, just that offering somebody, you know, can I put that coffee in a mug so that you can feel it for just a minute and then we'll pour it in a to-go cup. It's something that small and it seems so silly, but anytime that I would recommend it to somebody, people would go, yes, I would love to have that feeling for just a moment. And then they would hold it with their hands and you could feel just the love transfer, you know, just in a coffee mug. And I know that's so, that's so silly and it's so small, but, but adding value is very important. It's one thing that I talked about with my employees all the time is to people are here for an experience and people are here to, they're in our presence. It's not just about the business. You're sitting with a human being, smile at them, ask them how they are and mean it. Asking, Hey, how's it going? Or, Hey, Katie, how's your day today? How's your morning so far? Very important to me. And I think everybody that walks out of those doors feels that. And that was a message that I drove home a lot. So adding value to somebody and to their life and then also offering a little piece of yourself. You know, people, people like to connect with other people. And it's also about giving somebody something, even if you give them just a smile or a touch or let me open the door for you. So that was that was very dear, and I still hold that near and dear to my heart. And even though I'm not in the shop as often as I was previously, every single time I am in there, I make certain that I connect with every single person, every person. You can really tell that, you know, being a successful person in your own right with business and family and everything else in between is that you add value every single day. Like even if you come around to our house and you know you have a coaching session with Luke or you just visiting, you come and see our nanny because that's how we got even more connected is um TC our nanny was your nanny for a really long time. You know, you'd bring over coffee or you'd bring over a favorite cafe con loche. And if I say that word to her, she's like she's like a dog. Her ears prick up. This is a really nice I mean I don't drink coffee but it smells divine but every time I pick one up for her she's like a little dog and her ears prick up and she's like wagging her tail literally if if Leticia was a dog this was what would be happening over a cafe con latte I hope I'm saying that right by the way yeah so you just bring value every single day and that's what makes a person successful really in any anything with their relationship with their business with their career with their with just their their own being the other week I was, I was driving to Publix and it was after the unfortunate news that I had recently, as many of my listeners know with my dear friend, Alex, we'll talk about that another time. I was just in this moment of gratitude and I just wanted to give something back to somebody. And I had a, a this whole call of somebody just talk over me and as a guy sat on the floor holding a, a sign and you know, he, he looked homeless. He felt homeless. <laughs> he definitely looked homeless. He looked very sad and he was asking for money. And I went to draw out $20 from the cash machine after I'd done some grocery shopping. And as I drove past him, I waved over and I said, come here. And uh, he came over and I said, how are you doing? 
And he said, well, I've had better days. And I said, I know, and I'm so sorry. Whatever you've gone through, I'm sure better days are ahead. And I said, here, have have this 20. And he had tears in his eyes, like his eyes just welled up. And I'm not sharing this story to be like, oh, look at me. I've given to you know, a homeless person or anything like that. But it's, it's like, how can you show up and just make someone's day? Even if it's just, you don't have to give $20 to a homeless person, but, you know, opening the door for somebody or just going, Hey, how are you? And making them actually feel like they're being felt. Mm -hmm. I'll always carry that with me every single day as well. Like, how can I add value to somebody? And it's so important. Beautiful, beautiful. So let's talk about your beautiful boy, Bodhi. Every time I see you guys together, it's just a truly undeniable connection. And it's so easy to get disconnected with our own kids on the frantics of life and trying to build businesses and run businesses and do all of these things and travel and all of just all of the stuff that life brings. And I'm in an awe of how, as a parent, you show up for him all the time. It's just truly beautiful. Let's talk about how you've built that and what advice could you give other parents to create that connection with their kids too? Definitely goes back to the foundation of my family and, or, you know, just the, the things that I had that I hold value and I hold valuable from my uh, upbringing. I had to make a shift in my head that said to me, to myself, this is what I'm going to do. And this is the way I'm going to do it. This is, I'm going to be home with my son. I'm sorry, but I'm home with my son or I just don't go there at all. So I made the decision and every day it is work. Every day it is a conscious effort to make certain that I don't bring work into our time. Now it happens. Oh my God, it happens all the time. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not going to sit, I can't, I can't sit here and go, this is picture perfect. And every single day I've got work time and I've got family time because that is just a load of crap. It's just not real. It's not real life. So, you know, I will catch myself working and I'll catch myself on the phone and, you know, one major, one thing for me was I had this little baby. I had this little baby and I had this business and I knew that I was not going to be having another baby. And I had one shot. I had one opportunity to do it and to soak it all in. And so I, in the beginning, I said, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Bodhi to work with me. And it was good for a day or two. And then I went, this is crap. I'm, I'm missing all of these moments. Now I had the privilege to be able to make my own hours. I had the privilege to go in my own office and nurse my child. I had the privilege to be able to go out into my own business and take my child with me. And I realized that not everybody has that. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity in my life. But when I came to that conclusion, I got one shot at this. And is this really what I want to be doing? And why don't I take six more months? Again, not everybody has that, but I made that, I made that conscious adjustment. Every day since then, I have had to really think about what I want my day to look like with my family and my day to look like with my business. Everybody has the ability to create that. It might not be the easiest and it might not be the most, you know, sought after way that you're able to do it. But even just something as simple as sitting down on your, on your couch or in the floor with your child and reading a book and having, you know, cuddle time and making certain that there are no, no other factors around you because kids pick that up. 
They learn it, they see it, they know what's going on, and it is not about what do as I say, it's about they're going to see what you're doing and they're going to mimic what you're doing. So for somebody to just say, you need to do this or go and do this, but you're not living that is, it just doesn't work. And I see it now. I see habits mimicked. Some of them I don't like and I stop them immediately. With the whole cell phone craze, I see things. I see him wanting these electronic devices and now it's like out of sight, out of mind. I have built it by really making a conscious effort that I have one shot. I wanted him to be respectful of people. I wanted him to be in touch with his own emotions. I knew what I wanted to convey to my child. And I really, I drive it home with myself by being present and by doing activities and by picking him up from school and taking him to school. And if I can't pick him up to school, I connect with him when he's home from school by having those intimate moments when he was a baby. I just had those choices. I I choose every day what we do. And I stick with it also. And I think that's very important too, is if it's no today, it's no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of leeway. I am probably the stricter parent only because there are so many things that are being thrown at our children on a daily basis. Again, my core values are the ones that I want to portray to him, and they're very important to me. So I think every parent has the ability to create the life within themselves and within their children that they want. They just have to do the follow-through. They have to follow through every day. Oh, preach. (laughs) I, I get it all the time. It must be a few times a day I get a message for people asking me, how do you get late to eat? the way that she's eaten. And some of it's foundational. You know, she's had um, a lot of good stuff, even when she was growing in my, in my womb and breastfeeding and stuff like that. But she sees it every single day. She sees her mom eating a salad for breakfast. She sees her mom and dad having green juices. Not just me, but me and um, Luke as well. She sees us having salads for breakfast. She'll see us having salads for lunch. She'll see us having um, healthy snacks apples and having lemon water she sees us picking lettuce off our tower garden and you know some of you guys have seen the video of her running outside and literally picking it off herself and eating it I mean what 18 month do you know who goes outside and picks fresh lettuce and eats it so she's seeing exactly what we're doing and she's doing the same thing so however you want your child to show up it's it starts with you right and you know you've just beautifully shared that with us um so perfectly and uh, it just reminds me of the type of person I want Lake to be and it's not like oh you have to be this certain way but I want to make sure that I'm showing up in a way that she will follow so if she sees me that I'm in a, a grumpy sad state which you know in the past I can easily shift into that state you know, I'm making it a a, a vow and a promise to myself that I'm going to live more in a beautiful state because I want her to live in a a more beautiful state, not to mimic some of my patterns and and bad behavior that I'm trying to shift out of because I don't want her to lead that same life, you know? So it's great. We're doing great job, aren't we, mama? You know, high five to that. We're, we're paving the way for them. And when, you know, we're not perfect. You know, we do fall, we do fall short and that's okay. But we, when we recognize when we do fall short or we, you know, we're not perfect, we can move towards in the right direction in, in just making it better. We don't always have to be perfect. So we're going to go on to a little bit more of a a tougher subject. We're going to really 
dig deep a little bit and see where this goes and really just connect to an unfortunate, painful topic that we've both been through as individuals and we're both already starting to well up. But through the pain becomes, you know, on the other side is is victory and um, through the winter season is spring. And we've both been through a divorce, a life curveball, a challenge, whatever you are going through as an individual, you know, you've been through something as painful as a divorce or, you know, you've had someone get cancer or, you know, you're just going through a challenge yourself in general. We've got, we've both got through it. So we can really give ourselves a pat on the back and smile that we've, we've survived it and we've got through it. And, you know, it's made us become more consciously aware and awake in ourselves on how we can show up and be better for the future. What advice can you give to somebody who is struggling right now with their own life challenge or divorce or curveball in life? The mood has suddenly shifted. <laughs> so I, I am on the other side of it. I'm not going to lie that it is a bit challenging to talk about this right now. I'm sure that as anybody that is going through that can relate that is out in the world, but it was and has been probably, and I'm speaking of my divorce, not an, another curveball, but I guess it certainly can relate, but it has been probably the biggest challenge of my life. And I would wish it upon not one person in the world. I would not wish it on anybody. The emotional trauma and turmoil that has been dug up during the times has been almost unbearable. There are two things. One of them I actually can't remember but because it's a little bit longer. But there's one, and it's just trust in the process. And it is on my refrigerator. And that little piece of paper has got stains on it, and it's ripped, and it's torn. So I'm, I'm actually showing a card to Jen and my friend bought me, I still have the wallet actually. It's a blue wallet with my initials on and they bought it me as a gift and they sent this to me. My wallet had broken at the time. They knew of it. They sent me this gift with this wallet and a card on it saying much better times ahead. Mm -hmm. And this was for five years ago and I still have this card on my desk. It's a little bit faded now, but the person who bought it me this message is just so true and it's trust in the process, much better times ahead. And what a powerful little sharing, you know, it, that's so beautiful. I just had to share that with you guys because it, it's just one little sentence or quote that you can just hold on to and it give you hope and it can really get you through some of the toughest, darkest times. So that has been something that I've had to remind myself of probably, I don't know, at least 50 times a day. And there have been some days that I didn't want to get off the couch. And there have been some days that I wanted to work myself to the point where I would throw up. So I have done it all. I have hit rock bottom several days. I, I do have a few things that I wrote down. And it's funny that I'm reading them now. And it, it takes me back so much. And now I'm just rambling. But... <laughs> Divorce is really scary. It's really scary and it's the unknown and it's being able to branch away from a partnership that is is so secure. I had to remind myself constantly through my process that there was a reason that I was here and there was a reason that we were going through our divorce. And when I did remind myself of those things, I would ask myself, you know, am I, am I going to go back and should I go back? And I don't know if I could do this on my own. And I don't know that there was so much self doubt. There was so much fear. There was so much anxiety. 
And every single time I would get to that point, I would remind myself of the reason that I was where I was, of all of the reasons, of all of the things that had happened. And I would always ask myself, if you go back, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to do it this way and that way and not do this and do this. Do you want to do those things? If I didn't have a definitive yes for every single one of those answers or every single one of those questions, I would say, no, I'm not going to go back and I'm going to keep moving forward. So every single day I would wake up, I would take every day for what it was, and I would just keep going in a forward direction. But I had so much self-doubt and I had so much fear. I would write, I have sticky notes, I have post-it notes all over my home. I have the, I had them in my bathroom and I still have some of them, but I have managed to take a few down over the last couple of years. But I have, you know, my I am's written and I am worthy and I am strong and I am determined. And I would have them on my rearview mirror. I would have them in the bathroom, in the kitchen, on the coffee maker, at the pool. And it took a lot of effort to get through a lot of days. And it still takes a lot of effort to get through a lot of days. But I just kept going forward. And I think the best thing that I could offer to somebody is you are where you are for a reason. And the process, if the decision has been made or you're going through a tough time, is that you just have to trust in the process and you have to keep moving forward. And then you have to keep asking yourself, if you go back in time and you go back to this position or you go back to where this relationship that wasn't serving you, are you going to be able to do X, Y, Z? And if you're not going to be able to do X, Y, Z for that person or that relationship or that position in life, the hell with it. Don't go backwards. Keep moving forward into something that's going to bring you more joy. I don't know if that really works or not for for people, but you know, everything changes. And that is probably one of the most you know, consistent things is change. One thing with me going through my divorce is that I needed to get educated. And that was a big thing for me. It was a big challenge and it was very, very scary. And I was so scared to even say that word. I actually couldn't say the word divorce until this year. I couldn't say I'm going through a divorce. I called it a separation. And it wasn't until after I came back from Date with Destiny last year that I was actually able to say that word because I gave it a new definition. I gave that word that was so hard and heavy for me a new definition to make it come from a place of light and growth. You know, I educated myself in the very beginning of that process because I was scared and I didn't know what was happening. And that was by going to see an attorney. And I'll never forget the day that I left her office. As soon as I left her office, I all of a sudden had a tiny stepping stone of confidence in what the laws were, you know, what I had rights to, what I didn't have rights to. But prior to going into that office, it was a shitstorm of fear. I was scared. So education, write your mantras down, write where you want to be, write where you want to go, write how you see yourself Put them in places that you see every single day, regardless if it's divorce or if it's a job or if it's a relationship or any any kind of partnership on any level. Write where you want to be and write it down everywhere and keep going forward. 
and trust in your process. Know that if you trust in the process and know that you're supported by the universe and the people around you, that things will just work out. I definitely can uh, relate to that. I think being through it myself and um, certainly what I'm going to talk about this in more detail in, in um, another part of the series as we share really part, I think maybe part three of my journey. So stay tuned for that. But I I remember certainly with everything that you just said, I remember feeling those exact same feelings. You know, I didn't believe in divorce. It's something that when I'm committed to somebody, I'm going to figure it out till I'm blue in the face, you know, figure it out together that, I mean, I don't come from a Christian background. You know, I make Christianity part of my life now. And, you know, the good book says it's not a path that God chooses you to take when it comes to divorce. But prior to that, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't Christian, but even then I still believed that divorce wasn't an option. And when it's faced with you, when it's not something that you wanted, you know, it can be a lot harder um, on that person. I remember trying everything possible and it, it wasn't, it still wasn't enough. And I remember just getting through it and remembering that there's better times ahead, even though there's times where I didn't believe that and I couldn't get up, you know, there's been challenges in my life since then, but not nowhere near as painful and as hard as what divorce can be. And like you said, we could talk about this topic alone for another hour, Mm -hmm. certainly. And there's so much that people don't talk about when it comes to divorce. It is such a sore subject, is a taboo subject, but it happens every day. There's not a lot of resources out there for people. The ones, resources that help people on a mental level, there's, there's counseling, there's, there's therapy, but really, I think, helping people connect back to themselves and connecting to their purpose and what they need to do moving forward and what the future looks like is so important. And you doing your I am statements and putting those post-it notes around the house as a reminder of who you are and what you've got coming to you moving forward is such a powerful tool to give to somebody and the people who are listening. I hope that if you are going through a challenge, you can take Jen's advice and, and follow through with that you know, hopefully it'll help you through your challenge too. But it's definitely a hard, it is a hard topic to talk about. We can feel the energy change in the room right now as we're like, oh, so we're going to just line it up a little bit and um, let's connect to the funniest moment in your life. We're going to end it on a happy, on a happy note, in a happy space. And um, Jen actually uh, told me her funniest moment in her life just before we started recording. And I swear, I nearly fell off my chair. I didn't expect her to say what this funny moment is, but it's brilliant. And before you would do that, tell us really about your experience of being at this event where this happened. I really want people to learn just a little bit, not too much, but just a little bit on what the experience you've had going to this event and what it did for you. Because I feel like tying everything up and what we've talked about, I think if someone truly is going through a di- really difficult time, that this could be the event that could really help them. And I, I know that it's helped you. So the the event that that I went to last year was Date with Destiny, and that is Tony Robbins' Date with Destiny, and I think that happens once a year. It's in West Palm Beach, Florida, and it is a six day uh, immersion, and it was something that I was extremely terrified of going into it because everything that I had heard about it meant that I had to be raw and real and vulnerable. Uh, three things that I am not super good. I'm not very, I'm not, I don't do those three very well, but I do now, ironically. 
So Date with Destiny is a six, six day immersion of digging super, super deep into yourself. And it is going back as far as you will allow it to go back. Uh, you connect with people, you get stripped down of time. There is no time. You know, we were there 15, 16, 17 hours a day, all through the wee hours of the morning, you get to do some journaling and some dancing and some screaming and some crying. And you really take a journey into the depths of your life. And that was, I was terrified. So uh, without getting too much into it. Uh, so I was at this event and the day was transformation day, I believe is the, I, I want to say it was either the fifth, the fifth night or the sixth night about to go home. <laughs> Katie's laughing at me. So it, it, it's not the funniest story of my life. So I do have to just go on record saying that, but the funniest story since over the last few years, my last few years of my life have been a little bit heavy and I am just now starting to see the light. So I'm at Date with Destiny where we, we did this vision board, this process of where you write what you're going toward and what you're leaving behind. And there is this time where you get with your group of, of, of people that you've been with the whole week and you start to really drive these where you're going and what you're getting rid of into your body. You're screaming, you're yelling, you're crying, and there's in the it's a room full of five thousand people, and everybody is doing the exact same thing, and it's loud, and you have to scream over each other. So I'm one of my things, if I can share it, was I had to get rid of guilt, and guilt was killing me. It was ruining my life. It was destroying my my being, and that's the reason that I went to this event was I knew that I had to make a drastic change. So I am yelling and screaming about what I'm getting rid of and I'm crying and there's snot running down my face and tears running down and I'm hot and I'm sweating and I'm screaming all of these things to the people that are around me. And all of a sudden I got this really nauseating feeling in my stomach that I was getting ready to throw up and I'm in a room full of 5,000 people and I just I started gagging and I put my hands over my face and I'm like, I got, I'll be right back. And so here I go. I'm puking in my hand as I'm running out the front door and I bust open these doors like it was this amazing wind of change or something. And I just proceeded to vomit all over the front patio or the front deck of, and there's people outside and everybody's in peer groups and they're talking and journaling and I'm throwing up violently all over the pavement. And everybody is, yeah. So I throw up and I throw up and throw up and then I wiped my face off and I stood up and I look around at everybody and everybody actually started to clap. I didn't tell you that. They were, once they realized that I was okay, like I wasn't going to pass out, they all started to clap. And I think that's where I got my second wind. And I stood up and I wiped all the vomit off of my mouth and I just went, oh my God, I am free. Anyway, so it's kind of gross and it's kind of funny. It's funny to me. It's probably not funny to anybody else. But the fact that I'm running through the halls, vomiting and puking in my hand. And I went back inside and I shared it with everybody and everybody laughed and cried. And I was a disgusting mess. I had to go clean myself up. But it was really great. And I had I was able to purge that guilt. It actually came out of my body. It physically came out of my body. 
I mean, visually, I'm I'm imagining all of this happening, and I just find it hilarious. Like, I'm like, I can just imagine if that happens to me, and like holding it all in, running out the door. I'm like, it's <laughs> it's brilliant. I don't know. I I I get somewhat some sort of joy out of not seeing people throw up, but that heaving sound. Mm-hmm. I find it hilarious. I don't know. That might be just some weird thing about me that I've just discovered about myself, but hey-ho. I think when we, I, I certainly went through the same experience at Date With Destiny. I I did a share and um, that next day I was so sick. I was throwing up and wow, it's when you finally let go of something and you're, you've held on to it for so long and it's just there in your, you know, your, your gut is your emotional home. Mm-hmm. I could go on another whole episode about this when you have that emotional home and you've held on to something for so long. When you finally release it, your body releases it because it's been trapped in there for so long. It's, it's an energy. It's, it's an emotion. It's, it's real. It's, it's there. So when you finally let go of something, a lot of people tend to find it, you know, something like that, or even when they go to therapy or counseling, when they finally let go, they will, they will tend to purge. And I was there. I, I hear you. It's not a great experience, but it's a, it's a liberating one at the same time. So, wow. I mean, this has been a very insightful episode and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, a lot of people will connect with this today and, and learn something and, and hopefully they'll grow from it as well. I think that's my intention and to really connect with themselves on, on your story. I, I know every time I do an episode, I get tons of feedback on people reaching out going that they, you know, they feel the same way or it's helped them connect with them themselves again. And I'm just super, super thankful that you guys have, have spent really an, over 45 minutes with us today, just disconnecting from the world to connect with you right here, right now. It's super important that we take time to do that and learn from not only other people, but to learn from ourselves as well. So I want to say just a huge thank you, Jen, for coming in today and, and doing this. We kind of re- arranged this very last minute and um, we've pulled it together and we've had a had a great time getting to know you. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners are, are thinking, wow, this, this woman is amazing right now. So thank you so much for sharing all that with us. So we appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited to hopefully see you again. I am very excited to see where this goes as well. We were having that discussion before and I said, who knows where the Connection Club is going to go? All I know is my intention is just to help you connect with yourself and to connect with everything else around you too. So thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I look forward to connecting with you soon um, in the very near future. God bless. Take care.